big sky, big potential. In association with Mills and Reeve, this is Eastern Promise. Achieving more together. Ironically, whilst Cambridge aims to be the best small city in the world, it represents opportunity and potential so massive it defies cliché. The government recognises this potential and announced its Cambridge 2040 plan for a new R&D space alongside a quarter of a million new homes earlier this year. But that got me thinking. What if there's a better way? Whilst labs naturally want to cluster in Cambridge, could much of the housing the city really needs, along with new locations for the warehousing, offices and advanced manufacturing being displaced from Cambridge, be accommodated elsewhere in the east of England? Is there, in short, a way to support growth in Cambridge so that everybody wins? Eastern Promise thinks there is. Part of the Cambridge-Norwich Tech Corridor, in the Norfolk Brecks, from Attleborough through Snetterton and down to Thetford, has the unique potential to deliver a sustainable win-win. In this, the first of the two roundtables, we explore what Cambridge actually needs and the strategic opportunity provided by this particular stretch of the Cambridge-Norwich Tech Corridor. We are indebted to the fantastic people at Breckland Council for providing us the Kingfisher Room, where a wonderful group of people who are going to mould and shape this really exciting discussion are now sitting. And I'll ask them all to introduce themselves in a minute. This is going to be the first of two panels. And what we're here to do is to look at what I believe, and Eastern Promise believes, is the huge potential of a specific slice of Norfolk geography to support growth in Cambridge. And we've got some really knowledgeable players who we're honoured to have around the table to help us do that. Just for those who don't know, Eastern Promise is a community interest company. This podcast is our main way of communicating with people both in this region and around the world. Outside England, our, our, our main market, believe it or not, is Virginia in the United States. Hello, Virginia. We believe that there has never been a better time than this to be, to work, to live in the east of England. We've got life sciences, we've got renewable energy, we've got creative industries absolutely firing on all cylinders. This is a wonderful place to be. So without further ado, I will ask the panel to start introducing themselves for this first panel, starting with Rob. Yes, thank you, Mike. Yes, Rob Hockwood. I'm a partner in the planning team at Bidwells in Cambridge and have been a town planner for about 35, 36 years. So I've seen a lot of uh, plans come and go, but I'm heavily involved uh, in the Oxford to Cambridge Growth Corridor and have been for many years, in fact, since 1995. And I've seen a lot of changes in more recent years for the positive, and hopefully I can bring some of that information to help with considerations in this area. That's fantastic. Chris? 
Hi, I'm Chris Starkey. I'm the Director of Growth and Investment at Norfolk County Council. Uh, so my work covers skills, uh, economic growth, inward investment, and also infrastructure development. And uh, for a number of years, uh, I've been uh, part of a team uh, looking at and trying to maximise the potential of uh, the links between Cambridge and Norwich. Sarah. Thank you. I'm Sarah Suggett, the Deputy Leader of Breckland Council, and I also live live and work in Breckland. Fantastic. Matt. Hi, so I'm Matt Samways. I'm the MD of a company called Anuti, which is a design, engineering and architecture firm, which has been established in the, in the science and tech market for 50 years. Our experience is mainly with corporates, so global pharma and global corporates, so more on a, a you know, wider scale than just this region, but obviously you know, do a lot of work in the, in the triangle, or the, as we refer to it. Also director of a, of a separate company, um, Tion, which uh, designs and manufactures fume hoods and fume extraction, which goes into primarily uh, wet chemistry and laboratory buildings. Um, We've seen a lot of change in the last, uh, since March 2020. And uh, that change uh, brought on obviously by the pandemic has, has shifted uh, the real estate landscape, both from a workspace perspective and is having an enormous effect on, you know, we're, we're, we're badging it life science, but it's, it's not just per se life science, it's the science and tech market that we refer to, which is creating a number of opportunities you know, on, on, a, on a wider scale, but more on that later, I guess. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because Breckland is, as anyone who's walked through these uh, corridors will know, has really sort of embraced that and is a really uh, created, if I may say so, a, a really positive workspace out there um, for people to enjoy. I'd just like at this point to ask Engineer 49 over in the corner to grab his boom mic because I'm going to ask, there are two people who, won't, who are sort of going to be part of the second panel who are listening intently to what we're saying. And they are Anna. Hi, Mike. Uh, I'm Anna Aldis, a principal associate at Mills and Reeve. I'm a real estate development lawyer and I specialise in predominantly large scale mixed use schemes. So the kind of urban extensions uh, we'll hopefully be talking about today. MNR has offices in Norwich and Cambridge. So this is a topic really close to our hearts and something that we're really passionate about in seeing growth in the eastern area. Excellent. Um, Paul. Good morning. Paul Downing here from Snethston Park, uh, the former Sunday market along the A11. And we purchased the site in June 2017 and we're now working to roll out development of the site. It's a 65 acre site um, into a thriving uh, business park. And listening to us silently also is Andrew Holdsworth, Assistant Director of Growth from Breckland Council. But we won't ask him to, to chip in at this point. Well, let's, let's, get, let's get things underway. Sarah, first of all, can I ask you to give, for those who aren't familiar with the, the site of geography we're, we're talking about, so really from Attleborough, on that A11 stretch down to Thetford and where the, the, the roundabout kind of transfers you from Norfolk into Suffolk, could you just give us a, a very brief pen picture, if you would, of, of that area? Yeah, of course. We've got 500 square miles of Breckland as a, as a district council. We've got some of the most beautiful rural landscapes and five of the most wonderful market towns, two of which we're really lucky to have in the area what you've just suggested along that Cambridge-Norwich Tech Corridor. We're really proud that Thetford is the gateway into Norfolk and we'd like to see that opportunity monopolised between Thetford, Snetterton, Attleborough. We've got some great potential 
as Paul said, we've got about 150 acres of space available for businesses to come in and to grow between Attleborough and Thetford. We've got two urban extensions that have got planning permission with around 10,000 new homes within the next five to 20 years being, being scaled out. It's a really lovely place to be. We've got Thetford Forest on our doorstep. We've got some lovely cultural heritage assets around where, around where we live. So that work-life balance is, is something which we can really capture. That, that section of the A11, I think, is a really great potential for us all to monopolise. Absolutely. I interviewed Sam uh, Chapman Allen, the, the leader of Breckland, about Thetford and took a walk with then manager of the Greater Thetford Partnership along the river, looking at all the, you know, the really fantastic sites of, of potential of heritage in Thetford. But one of the things that I think is is striking about that particular slice of, of Norfolk geography is the fact that it is connected to Cambridge directly by rail yeah. as well as road. But this isn't just a discussion about Norfolk. It's also a discussion about Cambridge, what Cambridge wants, what Cambridge needs. And at this point, I'm going to bring in Rob and ask us to give us give us an, an idea of where it, it's been all over the news. Related. We've got the Cambridge 2040 plan coming out from the government. Where is Cambridge today and where's those points of need that need to be fulfilled? Yeah, that's a very big question, Mike, but I can sort of try and summarise it uh, over the last few years of what's been going on. I mean, obviously, Cambridge has got some unique selling points of its own in itself. A world-leading university uh, in the top three in the world in the last 10 years. We've got the University Hospital at Adam Brooks. We've got the Biomedical Campus and obviously all the other science campuses in what we call the Southern Cluster which is to the south of Cambridge. That's Hinkston, the Genome Project, Granter Park and Babram Research uh, Campus. Obviously, the Science Park on the north side of Cambridge is almost full uh, and there's need to, to be, go beyond that. But that's Cambridge in itself and why uh, that's a great place to be. We've got to watch about the quality of life, but talk of big plans go beyond the bounds of, of the town. So... Looking at the bigger picture with Michael Gove's recent announcements to it would be quadrupling the size of Cambridge if you did looked at the geography. So what I'm trying to do is bring my knowledge and our company's knowledge from the Oxford to Cambridge corridor work we've done over the last 10, 15 years and see what we can learn from that and how Norfolk can benefit from it. And I, what I would say is essentially Norfolk should not try and compete with Cambridge, but complement what Cambridge Absolutely. is doing. Because you can't really compete with it because the world's investors want to be in the thick of Cambridge and on the edge of Cambridge because clustering of ideas, innovation, science and tech has to be very close together. So, you know, we don't look at, you shouldn't look at the weaknesses of the air and try and improve the weaknesses. Look at the strengths of what you've got. And I'm not just thinking about Breckland here. You need to talk to your neighbours because we're talking about a corridor between Cambridge and Norwich. And of course, there's a couple of authorities that cross that. There's been some problems with politics, but obviously things go on in spite of politics. And a lot of private sector companies, institutions, academia, all work together and collaborate to get things done. Um, and what I refer to that is that what we call the triple helix, which is academia, private sector and public sector institutions working very closely together uh, to actually deliver things on the ground. So looking slightly wider than Breckland, I like the idea of the string because obviously A11 and the railway stations, Thetford 
exactly halfway between Cambridge and Norwich geographically. And you've got Attleborough, Snetterton, I think, has got great potential. I say no more at this stage. I'm all about collaboration. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think it was supremely possible. I mean, dangerous of repeating the trick I've seen many an MP do is saying the words, it must be possible in a very blithe, easy way, whereas it's, it's, it's not always easy, but... I, I come back to I think it is possible to craft that win-win scenario where everybody if we if we get it if it's possible to get it right I admit I have absolutely no power other than a, whatever the opposite of a bully pulpit is to to just to inspire and to convene. But Matt, can I ask you to reflect on on not only on what Rob said but also talk about your experience of the the Cambridge space and what you feel it needs, and then I'm going to ask Chris to sort of jump in with what can we what can Norfolk offer. You know, I think uh, as real estate professionals, which, you know, many of us in this room are, there isn't that link necessarily like you'd think between rental growth in our building and, you know, the ability of a building to deliver a laboratory space, for example, and the location. So the location is 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 number one and it always has always has been. So I think the the, the question really that we should probably debate or, or think about is, OK, so what where could those uh, organisations come from? that might need what Snetterton, uh, Setford and, and the areas around there has to deliver. So you've mentioned clustering um, and you're never going to, you know, never going to get away from that. But what about people that, you know, maybe are in the, you know, the, the clean tech manufacturing or, you know, the next size up in terms of their growth or R&D sector companies that maybe now are branching out into small scale manufacturing, things like that. That might be an obvious kind of sector to go and have a look at and do some exploration around. So we debate internally in our own organization a lot around the buzzwords floating around the market right now, life science being one of them. Um, the demand is actually coming from um, all, all sorts of different industry sectors. It's coming from, broadly speaking, energy security. Mm. So hydrogen technologies, it's coming from battery material um, you know, people that are exploring things around how do we uh, achieve energy security as a, as a, as an economy, um, and food security is 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 another thing. You know, we built a pilot plant last year for a novel food company who are exploring growing meat in tanks. You know, it's completely uh, you know different um, I think, technology. Yeah. I could just hear you know, hopefully Clark Willis. Um, of uh, the Food Enterprise Park is listening to this and his eyes will, 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 will light up at that. And I should just say, if there's anybody listening who says, well, why am I part, you know, why can't I, why couldn't I come along today? Why couldn't I be part of this discussion? I absolutely hope this is not the beginning and end of it. And I'd like to do this again and again and again with as many stakeholders as, as, as want to come and, and be positive. But Chris, let me bring you in at this point and you're furiously making notes, which is always a good sign. Just reflect on what you've heard and, and where, where Norfolk is, and then hopefully we can sort of kick off a, a discussion that we can... <coughs> well, where Norfolk is, I mean, it has an incredible, diverse range of sectors, world-leading expertise, um, and I think in a way that complements Cambridge's offer. Uh, there are things that are being developed in Norwich, uh, along the corridor along and on, on the coast, uh, which actually are um, sort of practical... Uh, examples of uh, of exactly what just been discussed. So, energy sector, the biggest number of cluster of companies and so on in the energy sector is um, is on the east coast and in in Norwich. Hydrogen, electric powered vehicles, and so on are, are being tested. Food security, Norfolk's a 
biggest producer of food in the, in the country and so on, uh, and, and ICT Digital. So, so I think um, uh, Norfolk actually has a lot to offer Cambridge. I think there's a, um, there's a belief to an extent that Cambridge is the sun and all the, all the, all the planets revolve around Cambridge. Uh, I'd suggest that the world isn't quite as... If you pop out, if you're not in Cambridge... The world doesn't feel quite like that. No. Um, the orientation's slightly different, and I and I think uh, you know there's 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 big opportunities for, in particular, the research institutes in in and around Norwich, uh, and Cambridge. They're already collaborating in terms of uh, of food security, the research scientists on the Norwich Research Park, the Norwich. University Hospital is actually a bigger hospital than Addenbrooke's. It has more patient beds and so on than Addenbrooke's and so on. So the scale of uh, of what Norwich has got to offer is sometimes sometimes perhaps a little bit under uh, overlooked, and that that's why the corridor then is such an exciting concept because if you're Thetford, you are bang in the middle. And a shout out to our Virginia listeners. Of course, that's where Thomas Paine uh, is, is from. So um, keeping it relevant to our. Uh, American listeners, Thank you, <laughs> um, and so I, and, and I think there's something that that, that 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 worth worth exploring further is what are the things that Cambridge doesn't have the space to do, and I think you're right in terms of tech manufacturing. There's some really interesting uh, advanced uh, engineering companies in Thetford. It's actually um, what it's best known for. Um, and along along the corridor as well, that I think can pr- probably produce the manufacturing solutions to the kind of bright ideas that are coming out of the labs in Cambridge. So there's some absolute um, uh, crossover and synergy. And in the same way as the, some of the bright ideas that are coming out of the labs in Norwich, where do they get, where do those ideas get manufactured? Um, and certainly there's, there's more of a trend, I think, now to bring manufacture onshore back to the UK, uh, particularly... Um, sort of the the stage beyond prototyping and so on. So I think there's a huge um, uh, a, a huge kind of if there's a Venn diagram, a kind of sweet spot there. Exactly, exactly the right words. And I I took a a, a listener who uh, um, Dr. Tammy Dugan, who is life science and healthcare partnerships lead at Cambridge University, with me on a tour and a recording around the Quadrum Institute on the Norwich Research Park, and she was absolutely blown away. Mm. Um, the slightly worrying phrase is, I did not know this was here. So obviously there's a, there's, there is a job of work to do, for us all to do there. And But it was great to introduce her to Ros Bird and that put them in contact. It is my mission. I am here to do that. Your USP so, is to bring those people together. I mean, I think Chris Chris was slightly hinting at this. And, and forgive me, Chris, if I've got you wrong. But Sarah, I mean, what to what extent is someone like Breckland able to... I, I don't want to use the word politically, but it's in there anyway explore these these opportunities in 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 a way that, that 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 is like yes we are open to this collaboration with cambridge and crafting that win-win i mean we're already home to baxter healthcare the the global medical uh, devices manufacturer in in thetford multimatic the global engineering company in thetford you know they're already there you know and like you were saying about the size and scale of what what they're after that is something what they've made thetford their home because it has that potential for them to have been able uh, to grow Thetford has always been a manufacturing um, town. Um, it's now a, a modern manufacturing um, town, and we're proud to be able to to help facilitate some of those conversations. What need to be had, but actually, once we've been able to get those those people in a room and spaces like this, you know, the, the business families are really taking care of themselves. You know, as a district council, we've got to be really mindful. 
we're looking after taxpayers' money. We shouldn't be using that willy-nilly to be going out doing stuff. Well, actually, grown-up conversations can be had without us having to be the person that triggers us all of the time. But we're really proud to, to support those businesses, to take a pragmatic view when they come to us with a planning application, for example, with growth, scalability, so those those are the types of things that I think we we can offer as as a district as a council. You know we've got the likes of of Andrew's team out there having those really good connections. One of the outcomes from from COVID, which um, we all would rather have not had to have gone through, but it really gave us the opportunity to get out there and to understand what our businesses, who they were, what they were doing, what their challenges, what their opportunities were. As district councils, you know, it was our responsibility to go out there and get those loans to support those to support those businesses. And we're really proud to have a huge amount of small and medium-sized businesses out there which can support, you know, the, the, what, what it is that we've been talking about today. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And Rob... Could I just ask you to bring sort of your, your first of all, your Oxcamark knowledge in at this point? And on the one hand, what would you recommend, I suppose? And then I'm going to sort of ask, ask, ask Matt to come in as well and reflect on that. But on the other, in terms of housing, mm. I don't think I've had a, a high-level conversation in the Cambridge ecosystem with someone who's not said, I live in Norfolk, I live in Suffolk, I live in Essex. So... Is there an offer that Cambridge professionals are looking for? Because I, I have huge faith and belief in the potential of particularly Thetford, that historic town centre, Three Nuns Bridge is beautiful, the Castle Mound, you've got the riverside with this, this really great little cinema. Yeah, well, my, yeah, that's an easy one, isn't it, that uh, subject matter. But, I mean, cut it, to, to summarise it and be quite brief about it, there's a issues, very big issues in Cambridge about housing. It's all about the balance between homes and jobs. And of course, there's always more jobs than homes in Cambridge. That's the beauty of Cambridge. But that means people have to commute in. And we have massive problems, even after lockdown. It's going back to the old ways of peak hour traffic. So people are travelling longer and longer to get into work. So, you know, the local politicians and the local plan review that's going on between Cambridge and South Camps called the Greater Cambridge Local Plan is grappling with this. So we have to get the right scale of housing in the right location. Affordable housing is the key. Uh, it's, there's never enough because the workers that work in these campuses, not just the scientists, but the cleaners, the caterers, the maintenance people, they have to live somewhere. So affordable housing is the big issue. Now, Thetford is a big town on that corridor relatively to others. There's been a quite a lot of housing planned there in the past uh, to get people from Thetford into Cambridge cheaply and efficiently is the key because we've got a green belt around Cambridge that's being looked at and scrutinised really closely at the moment with Michael Gove's announcement. Do we break into that or do we jump beyond it? If you jump beyond it, you've got commuting. So we've got to get people in cheaply, efficiently, quickly from what we call the necklace towns. And I would include Mildenhall, which is obviously West Suffolk, and Thetford in that discussion. Um, so the local plan, which is going to go to 2046, you know, we've got a massive opportunity here. We're early start of the review. A big discussion needs to take place about that. What does Thetford, what's its role going to be and how will it manage that growth? Mm, absolutely. And Matt, I know in UT have looked, and we talked about this earlier, um, at working from home and the hybrid working model. Now, it seems to me that to have somewhere that's got fantastic 
natural resources, Thetford Forest, any number of sort of country parks up and down up and down the route, and you've got modern, up to date housing, a river, etc. That's the but you're still within easy reach of Cambridge on the train, and if you so wish to drive. But we obviously encourage train the, to use the train. What where, where does that sit in the in the in the work you've done, and how how does that sort of relate? I think if we just zoom out ever so slightly, COVID nineteen has shifted the landscape in terms of you know recruitment, uh, talent, you know how how the workspace operates for most people, and that affects every sector. That's the that's the one commonality we've got. In terms of attracting growth to to a region, that's not my field of expertise. But I'd say, can is there a way to plug in and listen to what the a where is the demand coming from? What, what, which companies, you know, could we tap into to understand their growth plans and, and some of the demand? You know, so there's, there's a muted million square feet of unpositioned um, space in, in Cambridge right, right now. You know, can we plug in to some of that? Can we identify the right organisations that might, you know, be tempted and then... What everyone wants, they, they, they want an ecosystem, right? So, uh, you know, a, a, a scientist uh, working in a lab building still has to live somewhere, still has to eat, still has to, you know, go out and be, want, they want the social spaces. And you see this where, you know, the parks around Cambridge, those that have done it really, really well, they're thriving and they get people in and it, it's like a, you know, it, it's absolutely pumping. And you take parks in Cambridge even that haven't got the amenities quite right, and they can't get the footfall. So if we just zoom out to this area we're discussing, you know, this 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 region, can we take some learnings from that? You know, can we can we, you know, are the amenities here to get people, you know, to actually relocate or or to put their businesses there? And the commuting thing, I, I can't really comment. All right, okay. <laughs> because you know, uh, I think public transport does have a way to go. Um, it, both in the in the way it works and the way it's run and and, and, and the cost of it, but again, that's quite a subject. I mean, yeah, but, I, I, yeah, I have spoken to to Greater Anglia and asked them about, for example, a half hourly service from Norwich to Cambridge. But that that kind of puts a lot of agency in the hands of the Department for Transport because you're talking about Ely, you're talking about improving the situation at Trouse, and you're talking about additional rolling stock, all of which are kind of not. In, in our direct, when I say our, I mean the region and the counties therein, not in our direct gift, which is, you know. But Chris, can I just ask you to reflect on, on what you've heard? On how we go about building that, uh, alliance is a very grandiose term, but uh, that collaborative partnership, hmm. uh, you may already be well advanced in doing this, to, to, to deliver that. I think we'll seize the opportunity rather look, than look at it on a number of different levels. So, so I think there is a there is um, there's an education process of of you know people in Cambridge, people in Norwich, people along the corridor understanding um, who is outside their natural orbit. So Cambridge folk talk about the Cambridge cluster and so on, and quite focused on that. People in Norwich, the the the, the same people. How do we get and, you know, measures and steps you're taking so on to bring people together who didn't know each other existed in a way, yet they're only half an hour away or an hour away at, at a push. Think about the scale of Silicon Valley. It's a it's a it's a longer it's a longer bus ride from one end of Silicon Valley to uh, than, than it is from Cambridge to Norwich. I can tell you a mm. lot, lot bigger. 
So, so, so how do we bring two people together to think about uh, collaboration? So, so knowing you're there and so on, I think is the first piece. I think the second thing then is, is recognizing the distinct things that different places can pay that play the different parts, the complementary parts, and so on. And I think the third thing is is um, going back to what Sarah is saying about uh, developing uh, developing uh, communities that people want to live in, that people want to uh, be part of. Um, you've you've made a great uh, great case for Thetford, and um, uh, and people should come and visit it, have a look, uh, and, and so on, and see it. Um, it's not it's not very it it feels a world apart from Cambridge because it is, but it. Geographically, it's not very, it's not very far. So if you are, uh, uh, and equally, it's equidistant to Norwich. So uh, interestingly, we've a uh, number of consultants and so on who are either Adambrooks or the NNN and so on have choose to geographically base themselves midway so they can work in either and so on, mm. which is a growing trend and so on. So I think there's, there's something like that. On the hybrid working, I mean, I think hybrid working is really interesting for labs and for certain roles. It's clear you've got to be in the. You've got to be in the workspace, but there's a quite a lot of roles uh, where there's an expectation to be in physically in the office one day a week, two days a week, hybrid working and so on. Um, and, 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 and we've certainly noticed in terms of, and certainly in the jobs market, a number of hires of people turn out. My team turns out somebody's actually lives in Leeds, another person lives in Reading and so on. So, so I think that there's some interesting mm-hmm. things that have um, evolved around that. Um, but I think it might help to, which certainly should in, in, in our experience in Norfolk, because it is starting to help break down that commuting every day in pattern, therefore reduces the traffic inflow and so on. So I think there's something that we can learn to work with. So Cambridge's biggest problem is it's traffic in and out in the morning, isn't it? Actually, if there was, if hybrid working was more baked in, then 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 that helps that, that commuting mm. piece. And that's only going to have to pay to drive into Cambridge soon anyway. That's going to be, that's going to be interesting as well. Well, we've also got um, the Cambridge South coming online, um, which uh, is, gives an, an, an additional piece of access on the Norwich Cambridge route, uh, you just obviously because Cambridge is a three station, you stay on the train, and then you're in the in and uh, in the uh, the bio, the uh, biomedical side of things, which is which is really exciting. Um, now my buzzer's just gone off in my pocket, which indicates that we've reached the half hour point. So I should probably ring the bell for a changeover. But I'm just going to whisk around very quickly and just ask for. Uh, I don't want to use the word final thoughts, but at this stage of the discussion, some thoughts, and I'm going to start with Sarah. Thank you. Um, now, I just think it's really good that these these conversations are being had. No change is going to happen unless things like this, um, we can have these conversations, we can understand what the opportunities and what the challenges are. We can't all by ourselves make these things happen. It's not all within our own individual gifts. But if we don't start coming together and having these conversations and bringing people that can do and can make a change, things are never going to be any different. So I really appreciate the chance of being able to take part in in this. So thank you. You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'll go to Matt next. Yeah, no, thanks. No, Chris made a very good point. I think, you know, education, it's needed across the board, I would say, both, you know, from a, you know, looking at the different sectors, looking at where, you know, the growth is and, you know, the possibilities of this this area we're talking about. And, you know, I've moved to Breckland in the last six weeks, but I don't know Thetford really 
at all. So you're talking to someone who, you know, we're discussing an era, but I, and I know of it, but I don't really know its potential or its possibilities. Um, I spend most of my time commuting in and out of either London or Cambridge or, <laughs> or trying to get to Oxford. So, yeah, no, it's a very, very interesting topic and absolutely echo, echo and share your thoughts. We need to come together. We need to, businesses need to work with, uh, with local government more. Yeah, that, that, that's really all I got to say. I think no, absolutely, and I and I, and I absolutely recognise local authorities have a statutory responsibility for all of this. I think it behooves us to try and circumvent, cut them out of the loop, and 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 work around, try and work around them. Uh, they are key to the discussion, and absolutely support them in being so. That's that's why they're there, and 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 they are, you know. And I know that, and I'm going to come to Chris next, so he can he can tell us just about how. Uh, growth focused and, and and interested in sustainable growth that uh, Norfolk is. But some final thoughts from you, Chris, please. Yeah, so my, and my, my final thoughts, I think this has been a really interesting discussion. Interesting discussion because we, we're, we're so often faced with problems. This feels like a discussion about how we might bring some solutions. So how can we uh, bring some solutions to the to the potential of Cambridge, its constraints, um, and actually, it, uh, the, there are kind of opportunities. For, I think for Cambridge, close to its doorstep. Absolutely. I mean, just to go back to the points about Thetford, I actually once I completed the walk around, and I I, I recommend to you Matt the audio tour of of Thetford because the next day I took my daughter back to an area of Thetford called Three Nuns Bridges because of the hot weather. And because uh, the water level was at that point really low and unusually really, really clean, she went paddling. And there was a group of people, like it was a day at the beach, paddling in the water at Three Nuns Bridges. How beautiful, how wonderful. And, it, and I, I, you know, I, at that point, I, you can probably hear in my voice that the, the wonders of Thetford, you know, my, my eyes were, if they weren't already, even more open to those. But Rob, give us, give us your thoughts and expertise at this stage and then we shall, we shall rotate and, and, and bring in Paul and... Anna to the discussion. Yeah, ju just on the point of how you work together to a common aim and objective and to try and deliver something meaningful on the ground. You know, the Oxcam arc had 30 plus authorities in a group. It's very difficult when you've got all the political colours under the sun all infighting about their own areas. And in fact, as you might have heard, Buckinghamshire County Council extracted themselves from the group. Uh, so there was a big hole in the middle. So the ARC leaders group was set up. So that's all the leaders of all those authorities. And Barry Wood at Cherwell uh, was at one end. Bridget Smith in our own backyard in South Cams was at the other. So they're working on economic and environmental strands as we speak. But as you may know, the government's watered down the duty to cooperate between authorities. And now they've set up what they call pan-regional partnerships, PRPs. And that is currently starting up in across the Oxford-Cambridge corridor. So what I would suggest is that, you know, despite the, the talking shop that, that might take place, you've got to have this collaboration across the corridor. So I would say some form of regional partnership between Cambridge and Norwich is required, and it takes leadership. So we need leaders, county level, uh, to actually come together and say, this is we're going to make this happen, and not just have a talking shop. So I'll leave it there for the moment, but there's other things I can say about that. Well, absolutely. I mean, th I think one of the reasons I started with a very close focus is knowing that that's only two local authorities involved. And maybe we, and, you know, I think it, it, it's, it's a momentum thing. And as you bring in people who want to be part of the discussion, who want to say something positive, who want to be involved, that creates its own momentum. You can't 
you know, and and you, you, I hope that Eastern Promise goes to people and and offers them that opportunity to 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 to, to speak, to have a say, and to be be part of the discussion. As I say, we've got no power. I'm accountable to to nobody except the people who listen. But I hope that through energy, through enthusiasm, that we we actually can help uh, rather than than than, than hurt the, the the process of sustainably growing our economy, our region. That was part one of an ongoing discussion. And you can find the second part, where the panel and I explore what Norfolk needs to do to rise to this challenge on the podcast feed. My thanks to Matthew Samways, Paul Downing, Anna Aldous, Councillor Sarah Suggett, Rob Hopwood and Chris Starkey for those enjoyable, absorbing and encouraging discussions. Again, this is an ongoing discussion, which is continuing to take shape. Indeed, plans for further instalments are forming as I speak. If you're in the Cambridge area, or in this particular slice of Norfolk, or anywhere in the east of England, you like what you've heard, and you want to get involved in future roundtables, audio tours, workshops, or networking in the area we're talking about, then do reach out via LinkedIn. My name's Mike Rigby, my DMs are open. You can also use the contact function at easternpromise.org.uk or email me at mike at easternpromise.site. Eastern Promise Podcast is a Priors Croft production for the Eastern Promise Community Interest Company and was brought to you in association with Mills and Reeve, achieving more together.